It's January 2020 right now, and you're more than likely thinking about your sales forecast for 2020. And if that's the case, you're right, because sales is your number one priority. Sales is the lifeblood of your training business and every other training business out there. You are the director of training, you are the chief marketing officer, and most crucially, you are the vice president of sales all wrapped into one. Sales starts with you because the buck stops with you. No one gets trained until the training gets sold. Today, we're going to introduce you to Jeb Blunt, and Jeb started his training business, his sales training business, by himself back in 2006. No one else. Jeb now has 23 trainers and says that each one makes an average of $300,000 per year. That's an amazing achievement. How did Jeb do this and what are the lessons for you? Jeb is going to give you today a masterclass on one, prospecting for new clients, two, qualification, and three, a winning sales mindset. You want sales motivation for 2020? Listen up. This is episode 71 of the Training Business Podcast. And welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Garrett Hayes. It's wonderful to have you here. If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. And if it's not your first time here, welcome back. It's delightful to know that you're out there. And the premise of this show is to help you. It's to help you to start to grow and to scale your training business. And to that end, we have every single Thursday an episode where we have either just time between you and me, you and I talking about something which can help you with your training business, or we bring a guest on the show. And that's something we did last week in episode 70 with the world famous coach Marshall Goldsmith. If you haven't heard that one, listen back today. And today on episode 71, we have Jeb Blunt, another author, but an amazing guy insofar as he started a training business from scratch back in the 2000s. And now going into 2020, he's on track to build this up to $25 million within a couple of years. He's one of my favorite authors, as I've mentioned, and he's going to give us a masterclass today on things like prospecting for new clients, qualification of new business, and how to develop a sales mindset. Here we go. Jeb, hi. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm For all the people listening, this is not my normal voice. Um, I've got a little bit of laryngitis, so please forgive me. Okay. So the reason I asked you on the show is that you've written a couple of books, which I've read. Um, one of them is all about fanatical prospecting. And that's something that's close to my mind. And I think the mind of many listeners, close to the heart of many listeners, which is the the notion that we have to always be prospecting. We've always got to be looking for people to engage with us, to approach them and deal with us as vendors. We're selling training services, in my case, in my industry, and in the case of people listening to this. And we've got to have the confidence and the right mindset to prospect, to find out, is someone right for us? Are we right for them? And what is the best way to sell them something, to get to know them before we sell them anything? So let's start with a couple of points today. We're going to teach or cover a couple of teaching points, which can help people with the sales mindset and techniques to actually find out who is right for them and engage with them and sell them something successfully. How does that sound? Sounds like a plan. Okay. So you wrote the book, Fanatical Prospecting. What for you were the main points in there that stood out, which we can apply to 
our world, which is selling training services or selling any services to an organization? Absolutely. Well, I'm a training company as well. So I've I've got uh, 23 trainers on my team. So we've got to keep those trainers busy. We've got to feed them. So we can, you know, we can wait around for people to call us um, like a bunch of rain barrels waiting for something to drop in. And inbound marketing, is, especially in training, is a big deal because, you know, there, it, in a lot of cases, it is a trigger of that driven type, you know, type of an industry where a company needs something and then they call you. Uh, but there's no way that you can sustain a training company on inbound leads alone, if you if you want to keep your trainers busy and you want to make money and you want to grow. So along with my training team, I have a sales team. And my sales team is on the phones and they're calling in the organizations and they're trying to identify future buying windows. So especially with training, and this is important, that if you call today, it doesn't mean you call today and they go, oh yeah, we, we need training today. I mean, every once in a while that happens. But you see what's happening is that you are calling into an organization, you are finding out who key decision makers are, you're setting up discovery calls to understand them, and you are identifying a future buying window. So for a training organization, an always-on prospecting mentality for building future pipeline is absolutely critical. And, and it's, the mindset has to be basically the pipe is life. My pipeline is my lifeline. And I need to be thinking not just today, but I need to be thinking, you know, several quarters ahead of where I'm going to be. And the one thing I can tell you about, you know, selling training is the more people you talk to, the more training you're going to sell. But that that means that you have to be prospecting every day, every day, every day, every day. Now, if you don't have a sales team, let's just say you're the owner of a training company. That means that you need to every day start your day off by making 10 to 15 outbound dials and calling prospects up and setting up opportunities for them. And let me give you an example of this. So I started my company in 2007 and we've been, you know, we've, we've grown uh, exponentially. We've been growing 40 to 50% a year, every single year. But in 2000, late 2011, uh, Things were looking kind of bleak. We didn't have anything on the books. Um, I was really, really worried about what 2012 was going to look like. A lot of that was caused by the fact that we had had a really good 2011 and we had quit prospecting to go out and service our clients. Our organization wasn't nearly as big as it is right now. So it was me and just a couple of trainers. And because we've been working so hard, we, we basically had the mindset of, hey, we've got abundance. Why do we need to go prospect? It's sort of the way we fuel, you know, fool ourselves as human beings. It will always be this way. So as I moved into Christmas of 2011, it was um, it was bleak. I mean, I was worried and I was embarrassed because I didn't have anything in order to keep my trainers working for me. I've got to feed them, or they're going to go work for someone else. So I what I did was basically go through every suitcase, every drawer, get on my desk. And I collected all the business cards that I picked up on airplanes, all the clients that I worked for. I got a list of every business that had done business with my company since 2007. And I sat down and I made you know, basically a pack with myself. I was going to make 20 outbound calls every single morning. Now, when you're in a situation where you're down like that, and you're, you know, you're looking up at this, like this, basically this hill that you've got to climb, and every person that's been owns a training company has been in this place because I, I just I've been doing this long enough. I know 
it's really, really hard. You like, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You feel a little embarrassed. You feel a little bit desperate. But I just called all these people and I just had conversations with them. How are you doing? What's going on? And, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I got immediate results. I was calling people. In fact, two weeks in, I'm like, I'm wasting my time. Like, I'm not getting any business. I felt even more desperate. But what happened was over, you know, a period of a month, we call this a 30-day rule. The prospecting you do in any given 30-day period has a tendency to pay off over 90 days. Over the 30 days, I got a couple of referrals in. I picked up a couple of small trainings. Got into January, I got even more. And 2012 ended up being the best year that we've ever had. And it was like a moment of truth for me for my training business that you can never stop. Like you've got to be prospecting all the time. And today, my trainers, my salespeople, everybody, I live in a world where I'm driving everybody every day. You have to be prospecting every day, whether it's inside your, your, your accounts, whether it's new accounts, um, whether it's looking for the next dollar. You can never, ever, ever stop prospecting because you're going to end up at a point in time where you have nothing. And there is there are a few things that I think are worse in a training company that you don't have anything on the calendar and you're trying to dig out of that hole. So you begin with the mindset. It's always on all the time. You never stop because the pipe is life. And when you say prospecting, this is literally calling people is this completely blind or are they warm to some degree where, for example, someone has a lead magnet, they've got some kind of white paper, they've got some kind of checklist or guide or cheat sheet, which interests them in something that in your company, Sales Gravy, uh, has. And to download that, they have to qualify themselves. How Are you actually calling people net new completely blind or is there some kind of indication which suggests they're interested or in the, in the market for sales training? Well, it's definitely a balance. Okay. So there's a couple of things that we do, if we can explain this. So one is absolutely. We have people who are coming through inbound leads. They download like an interview guide or you know, a guide on when, you know, a couple of chapters of my books. I've written 11 books. So I've got a lot of, you know, free content out there. We certainly work hard on our, our website to get people to come in, take a look, come in through our contact forms. There is no better lead than someone who comes into your contact form and says, I want to do business with you. And as an author, that happens all the time. So we, we, you know, we, that, that's a big piece of our business. That's a good thing. The best lead, the top of the, you know, top of the of the uh, rung are people who are raising their hand saying, I want to hire you. The next rung are people who are coming through inbound um, web forms. Those people aren't as, as qualified as people who are raising their hands, but we certainly have listed those. We we use a uh, a, a marketing a CRM tool called HubSpot. Uh, it's a brilliant tool. We love it. And it runs my entire sales organization. So they'll come in through HubSpot. We'll be calling out to those folks as well. We'll run both call campaigns and email campaigns at them. The next group of people that we call are what we would call inactive clients. They're the very best list you have. Now, the longer you've been in the business, the more of those folks you have. And inactive clients are people who have bought training from you in the past, but are not buying training for you from you right now. Those are the number one uh, people, your people that we go to because they know us. We're familiar with us. And what we're basically looking for is the next event in their life. They need more training. Now, our goal, obviously, is to get people to sign up for long-term. We call it training as a service, but they're signing up for subscription-based. Work with them. So we are working with them all the time. But that doesn't. that's not true for every company. 
So we're reaching back out to them. Hey, we have a new program. I've got a brand new book coming out tomorrow called Eight Sales Negotiation Skills. So we're going out to our, you know, our inactive and our existing clients and we're calling into them and saying, hey, we have a new thing. It's also our existing clients. We have existing clients who are working with on a regular basis. So we go out to them and say, hey, we've got more for you. And that's mostly on my trainers to be building out and expanding their existing accounts. We're also looking for signals. So we use a couple of tools. I mean, we use LinkedIn, um, but we also use Zoom Info and, uh, and a couple of other tools that give us signals in the marketplace that say, hey, this person is posting online, looking for sales training. There's per- things happening there. We call them. Another list that we build, uh, we have a, a, a Google alert for uh, VPs of sales. So we take that alert, for example, and it looks at all the new VPs of sales that are coming in. So my salespeople build list off of that. Now, that is a pure cold call. We go from there. But going back to Zoom Info, one of the things that we'll do is we'll take vertical, so a industry vertical that we want to go after, um, say technology, for example. And we want to look specifically at startups uh, and technology. And we'll go to Zoom Info. And we'll build a list of those folks based on the number of salespeople they have because we can extract it at that. And then we'll go out and run a pure cold call campaign against that list, basically focusing on A, qualifying them. A, we want to know how many salespeople they have because that's a driver for us because we are a sales training company. We want to find out how they make decisions, who they make decisions. Do they have a, a competitor in there? So our first call campaigns, our initial call campaigns are usually to set an appointment, but they're mostly to get qualifying information and then we'll go back and call them. So we're looking at all of those things in concert and building prospecting lists based on those. And in the book, Fanatical Prospecting, I teach this, this same format. It's called Prospecting Pyramid. And it's how you organize your, you know, your prospecting touches. So, you know, your best leads are the ones that are raising their hands coming to you. Your next best leads are your inactive customers. The next best leads are people who are coming in through your lead forms or your, you know, your inbound marketing. Then we start looking at our active customers and how we expand and build out and prospect inside of those. Then we look at signals in the marketplace that tell us that there are particular companies that there may be a trigger event. We cold call into those. And then we build smart but focused list, intentional list based on industry vertical or in particular size of organizations and prospect into them using a particular sales training program as a, as a, as a bait, as bait, basically. And then we qualify those for future campaigns and go after them. And then at the same time, we're running... You know, we're running campaigns via email. We run campaigns through our newsletter. We, you know, we're doing a lot of, you know, a lot of content marketing to pull people in. But in all of those situations, if you aren't willing to pick up the phone and call someone and talk to them, it's very difficult to convert them. You, you're not going to, I mean, at least in our world, we're not going to sell training programs via email. We have to talk to people. And that's the hardest thing to do is have that mindset that you've got to talk to people and you've got to talk to people every day. And most of the time when you talk to people, it's not going to create an opportunity immediately, but it's going to build that pipeline for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, there are lots of people who understandably are concerned about this cold calling because they feel there's no real entry there. There's no reason to lift the phone and talk to someone, particularly if there's been no expression of interest on their behalf. And in my experience, at least, 
I find that what works best for me, and I've said this before in other episodes, is when I get the chance to speak at some event, I'm on stage, I give some kind of talk, that works wonders because people have heard me, they get to ask questions of me, interact with me, and that, to my mind, allays their fear. Whereas if someone is just hearing me on the phone, they've never heard from me before, and they're getting this voice in their ear, they're thinking, who are you, why are you talking to me, and why should I care? So what would you say to people who have got this feeling that, you know, calling people cold is a complete waste of time? They're absolutely wrong about it. I mean, the the thing is, is that if I call someone up, I'm not, if I call up and go, Hey, you want to buy training from me? That's pretty stupid if it's cold. But if I call up and say, Hey, I'm just curious, how, how do you deliver training right now to your salespeople? Oh, we do it in house. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you ever hire third party? Yes, we do. Okay. Boom. Now qualified prospect. Okay, well, how, when is your sales training, you know, your annual sales training meeting? Okay, it's in January. Boom, another, another thing that I've qualified. And what's the, pro- the decision process that you make when you hire outside people? Well, they fill in gaps in our training program. Who makes the decision? All of a sudden, in my database, I've qualified you. Now I got to think about, okay, so when do I call? So one of the things we ask, right, we call and call and call. When's your sales kickoff meeting? If I know your sales kickoff meeting, what month it's in, I'm calling you six months out. And I'm saying, hey, you've got a sales kickoff meeting coming up in February. And what do we need to do to get on your radar so that we can be evaluated as a trainer or speaker coming in? So I'm not cold calling people and going, you want to buy training. I'm cold calling people to build my future. And that's what prospecting is. 80% of prospecting is pure qualifying. Now, what you said, Speaking, like I spend 300 nights a year on the road speaking. I train or speak, you know, on the stage in pretty much every continent. Well, every continent except for Antarctica. (laughs) I'm in Asia. I'm in Europe. I'm in South America. I'm in North America. And there is no better way to get leads than to be a speaker. Because when you get off stage, people wait in line for you and they give you their contact information. But here is my experience with speakers. Speakers go and speak. They collect the business cards and the contact information, and they never call back. They don't follow up. And there are people right now who are listening to this who I know this is all audio, but you're not making eye contact with me because you know that I'm telling the truth about you. You go out and speak to people, but then you wait for them to call you. It doesn't work that way. You've got to reach out and call them immediately. And like this is my number one thing for, for speaking. Now, I have the luxury because I've got a large multi-million dollar organization of taking people with me. So when I get on stage, I did four keynotes last week. So I did four different kickoff meetings last week in different cities. In each of those cities, I had a salesperson with me. So when people are talking to me afterwards, I get a salesperson who is collecting contact information. <laughs> we immediately put it in our database. And we started calling today. And I just kicked one of my salespeople's rear end right before I got on this call because one of them was a hot lead. And I'm like, have you called this lead yet? And she's like, not yet. And I'm like, call them now. I want to point you today because they were ready to buy our e-learning you know, technology. And, and even though this is my salesperson who gets paid commission to do this, getting people to follow up is huge. And so what you said is right. Look, the best way to generate leads, if you are a speaker, trainer, if you are, you know, if you're an author like me, is go stand in front of people and talk. 
man, they will stand in front of you and they will give you the contact information freely. But if you don't follow up, you wasted the opportunity. And I guarantee you, Mark, and I guarantee you this, that most of the people that are in this industry who do that do not follow up within 24 hours. They don't send a LinkedIn invite. They don't follow up with an email. They don't set a meeting. They don't have a conversation. That They just don't make the next phone call. So if you're listening to this, it's it, that's prospecting. Pick up the phone and call the people who gave you their cards, even if it's to say, listen, thank you so much for spending time with me. Do you know anybody who might want to use my services? Get a referral. Find out who in their organization makes a decision or just make a friend with them because you never know when, you know, like a, a year down the road, they might call you. And I'll give you a, a great example of this. Last April, my phone rang. I was in my car driving and it was a random number. I picked it up and it was a guy who saw me speak three years earlier at an industry conference. And he was running one business at the time. He was in the vending business and he switched businesses. He bought a yacht brokerage and he calls me up and said, listen, we've got a big boat show coming up. I saw you speak three years ago. Can you come in and speak to my sales team? And boom, just like that, I picked up a piece of business because he and I connected three years ago. I'd give him my business card. I followed up with him. At the time he said, look, I really don't have a need for this right now. I I'd kept him stayed in touch on my newsletter and things like that. And when the time was right, he called me. So it you have to like the you have to just take the initiative and stay in touch with people. And you have to make sure that once you speak, you're collecting those names. They're getting into your CRM, and that you manage that CRM. You manage those relationships over time because over time they will pay off. I'm I'm really passionate about this, Mark. I'm sorry, I'm. You get me on my soapbox about this, but <laughs> I, like I watch training companies fail constantly, and and this is one of the primary reasons why they don't prospect. They think that they built some great content, and suddenly people are just going to come out of the woods, and it doesn't work like that. I like what you said there about the idea that we're not necessarily looking to sell on the phone, but we're always prospecting because we're trying to build pipeline. At least I'm paraphrasing what you've said. In other words. The goal, if you're listening to this and you are listening to this, is not necessarily to close people or close business on the phone, but it's having that conversation. It's at least making contact with someone, finding out where they are, what they're likely to be doing maybe a couple of months from now, and having that conversation, that human conversation, which establishes, is there something we can help you with, perhaps in the future, but what would that kind of thing be? So at least you come off the phone with some kind of information now. If someone says, we've no need right now, or we may not have any need in the future, the least we can do is come off the phone with some kind of answer to the question, do you know anyone who might be able to uh, benefit from my pr- providing my services to them? Someone who could actually, just like you, but would be interested in, in, in some kind of sales program, some kind of leadership program, whatever it is you're selling. Absolutely. And there's one thing, Mark, that we left out, and I, 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 I think it's important that we talk about this. So in the training, in the training business, in my business, we work with companies all the time. And, and then a person that was our contact, a person that we got really close to leaves the company and goes someplace else. And the statistics, and I'm quoting this without a source, but the statistics, as I understand it, are that, and, I, and I've experienced this, is that when you have someone that you have worked with in the past and trust you, and they move to another company, and you reach out to them, 
the probability that they would pick you as their training vendor is about 11 times higher than if they don't know you. Familiarity is a really, really big deal. So one of the things I have to do as a leader with my sales organization and my trainers is make sure that they're aware when someone leaves, we need to know where that person went and we immediately reach out to that person and say, hello, we're here to help you. We send them a new book. We stay in touch with them. And I would say that, you know, over the last you know 13 years of being in business, about half of the people that have you know gone to another company have hired us. Um, and a number of those people become CEOs and they bring us in as consultants as well. And and again, this is longevity. The longer you're in the training business, the more of those relationships that you will build and the more of those people who will trust you and believe in you. Now, that's you know, that's a big thing, it's flattering that they do that, but they're still not gonna do it on their own. If you're waiting for them to call you. It just doesn't work that way. They're busy. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're like, they started a new job. So it's on you to pay attention to that, reach out to them. And I'm talking about go sell them. Just say, listen, I'm here for you if you need anything. And I can't tell you how much business I picked up. I just, when one of my, you know, let's say it's a senior vice president and that senior vice president moves on and, and you know, they, they change jobs to become a CEO. I just call them up and say, listen, you're a CEO now. You may need someone to talk to. Call me. This is not about billing you. This is not about sending you a check. This is none of those things. If you need something, call me. And then I check in with them on a regular basis. How are you doing? What's going on? They're typically alone. Like they don't know anybody in the organization they can trust. And you know, I, I just almost I would say almost every one of those type of relationships, they move into something. They hire us for something. Uh, and it's all about, you know, thinking, uh, you know, playing the long game of my job as a training and consulting company is to make an impact on the organizations I work with and help them. So I'm thinking, what do I need to do in order to help this person? And in almost every occasion, they return the favor by bringing my company in to back them up and help them because they trust and believe in us. And that's just another form of prospecting. And you know, I'm a look. I'm a, a a hyper growth company. So if you are a training company and you're very happy with your revenue stream as it is, then as you build, in a lot of cases, you can probably survive on your few inbound leads that you get, on the existing customers that you have, and on working with your inactive customers and calling people who move on. As a hyper growth company looking for you know minimum of thirty percent growth, and you know my company's goal right now is to hit $25 million in sales in the next four years. Well, the only way we're going to do that is through prospecting. So if you're a hyper-growth company, then you're going to have to pay attention to what we're, Mark and I are talking about here in terms of you know building that pipeline for the future. If you're a status quo company, you're just happy, like you're just happy with where you are, then you can, you can, you can probably take the cold calling and say, well, I don't worry about that. And I'm going to worry about you know, maintaining, but you still have to pick up the phone and call people. And you know, a lot of that is just getting over the hangups and fear that you have of talking to people and doing it. Like you just got to go out and call people and have that conversation. And you know, for me, like it's just this drive. I wake up every day and I worry that we're not going to have enough pipe to build the future. And I don't like feeling that way. I want to have the confidence to choose the business that I want. 
Um, you, you talked about fit earlier on, Mark, and I think that's huge in the training business. And I don't want to take customers because I need the money or I need the revenue or I need the training days. I want to pick customers up because they fit me and because we can make an impact. And I want to choose the customers I take. And the only way that happens is I have a full pipeline. And when I have a full pipeline, we can be super picky about who we want to work with. And that grows the business even faster because when we're picky, we pick the right customers. They're going to be with us over the long haul. Yeah, there's nothing worse than working with people who don't appreciate you or haggle over price or consistently almost undermine your reputation by just, I don't know, not playing ball. They're, they're uncooperative. They're awkward. You really want to be in a position where your pipeline's strong and you actually get to pick the people with whom you can do your best work who will ultimately give you the testimonials. You're absolutely right. And I've got a book coming out tomorrow called Eat, and it's a negotiation book. And you just, I mean, you just nailed it. Like, you know, when you have a full pipeline, we have abundance and you don't have to make a deal then you're much more likely to hold your prices. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to negotiate or you're going to get some concessions here and there. Certainly, you're going to do those things for the right clients. But when you have a full pipeline, you don't really have to negotiate. And you know you, that's, and that's the, the, the case that we find ourselves in these days because the pipeline is so full, we pretty much get full rate on everything because there's a line of, you know, of opportunities waiting for us. And we're able to then go work with the customers that we love. And I mean, I'll give you a great example of this. At 10 o'clock this morning, now I'm on Eastern Standard Time, so you're in Ireland, so we're in a little bit different place. But an hour before this, this podcast started, I was in an alignment call with a technology company in Chicago that we're going to be working with in February. And you know, it was the best call because I had the CEO on, I had the sales enablement person on, these people are totally engaged, totally dialed in. They're exactly the company we want to work for. And we were, you know, we're making a, a really good profit on this, which gives us the ability to give them way more than they paid for. So they feel good. I feel good. It's a great fit. Um, it's good for us because we can we have a lot of room and a lot of space to absolutely wow them and wow their people. And we can do that because our pipeline was you know so full over the fall when they called up you know we didn't we didn't spend our time negotiating a deal we spent our time having an interview with them to make sure that it was the right fit for their organization and those are the companies that as a training organization that I want to do business with and we get those opportunities because we prospect and the one thing that I can tell you Mark and tell all the people that are on the phone especially in for training organizations the more you prospect the more people you talk to, the luckier you're going to get. I think it was someone in the golfing world who said something along the lines of, it's funny, the more I practice, the luckier I get. It might have been Jack Nicholas, but it's true. I think it was Arnold Palmer. <laughs> was it? Arnold that. Palmer. Okay, yep. right. Yeah, I mean, it, and that brings me to something else uh, today, which is, which is the idea of mindset, because many of us as trainers are comfortable training is what we do. We identify ourselves as trainers, but then we're asked to, get into the sales role and it's lift the phone. It's put myself out there. It's represent my brand. It's put on my sales hat. It's evangelize about my brand. It's convince people to convince people to buy me. And for some people that is quite uncomfortable. I'd rather be in the training room. I'd rather be coaching. I'd rather be devising new material, but now you want me to stand up or to sit down or to call people. I feel uncomfortable. So what kind of sales 
mindset shifts can we work on here to get some kind of results for people who are struggling with the concept of bigging themselves up, attaching a price to something they do, a reasonable price, a confident price, a strong price, and building pipeline. Because it's very easy to just say, I'm a trainer. But if you are a solo trainer listening to this, you have to be the person driving the sales. No one else is going to do it for you. So what kind of mindset shifts could we address here today that would make a difference? Yeah, I think, so first of all, I think you picked out something that's really important and it's real. So when I started my company in 2006, it was just me. And, and I've been in sales my entire life. I, you know, I'd sold everything and I was the best salesperson. I was the number one salesperson. I set all the records in the world. And so when I started a training company, I, I started a company based on what I knew, how to sell stuff. And I started writing books and I started giving speeches. But one of the things that I found, Mark, was the hardest thing for me was selling myself. And there were a couple of a couple of things. When I say not selling me like people buy you, but like selling my content. And it was really hard. Like it was so difficult. I and there was a couple of things that 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 drove that. One is that I loved what I did so much and I believed in my content so much that in a lot of cases I was giving it away at a really, really low price just because I was so passionate about doing that. So I had to learn early on how to not do that. And the way I learned that was I booked myself solid with a lot of work where I wasn't getting paid very much. And then when I started getting better at it, I was having a hard time replacing that work with work that was better because I'd already made those commitments. And it it caused me to have a lot of resentment for my clients because they weren't paying me. And the second thing I learned was, you know, it's really hard to talk about you in those terms. And, and the way that I got over that was I was starving to death. Like I had to make my, you know, my, my mortgage payment and I didn't want to fail. So, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, for trainers, you get religion when you hit rock bottom. So a lot of trainers, like they'll pick up some business from their friends, uh, you know, from people that they knew in their prior life, but when, before they put their shingle out. And then when that goes away, all of a sudden, like they're on this roller coaster. And for a lot of traders, it's feast or famine. It's up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and they're unable to sustain that. Well, what I found, the mindset shift for me was being at the bottom of that roller coaster, like that sucked. And I didn't want to do that anymore. And I wanted to grow. So, so for me, it was, even though I'm a prospector and salesperson, I'm just telling you in my heart, the hardest thing I had to do was go out and sell my own content. It was very difficult. And one of the reasons was when people tell you no and it's your content, it hurts. Like that is the worst type of rejection. So for me, it was practice. The way that I did this, the way I shifted my mindset was I just started off and said, I'm going to make five phone calls a day. I'm going to make a list five a day. That was easy. Like anybody can make five a day. And I did that and did that and did that. And what I found was the cumulative impact of that was massive. I picked up an opportunity. I picked up an opportunity. I picked up an opportunity. And then I said, well, I can make 10. And then I can make 25. And I just started my day. Um, I call it eating the frog. Man, I did the worst thing I had to do every day. I started my day doing that. And then I moved on. And it got to 2011 where I picked up enough business where I quit prospecting. And then I had a hole and I was in trouble. 
Now, something that happens in my business, Mark, because I run a large trading company, is I get a lot of trainers who put their shingle out and then they failed because they didn't build business. The number one reason why your training company is going to fail is that you don't have clients. So they weren't able to get clients. And what they really, really, really want to do is they want to train. I want to train people. I'm like, that's great, except for one thing. You can't be on my team if all you want to do is train people because you're training people how to prospect and sell. And if you are unable or unwilling to do that as a trainer, why in God's name would I hire you to go train people to do what we do? Absolutely. So every trainer on my team has to be a practitioner. Absolutely. They have to be able to make it rain. They have to be able to develop business. Now, a lot of those trainers work with me because I have a sales team and I'm able to make them a lot of money. My average trainer makes about $300,000 a year because we're able to fill up their pipeline. But I expect them to do carry some of the load and do that. And I recognize that when you're training full time, like when you got a full load, it is really hard to prospect. But what I would say to you is have the mindset of a little bit every day, a little bit every day. And if it's just like, I'm going to make five outbound calls a day, talk to five people, fine, do that. But you make every day a little bit, prospecting a little bit every day. And what I can guarantee you is that over time, the cumulative impact of that simple mindset shift, I'm going to do a little bit every day, is massive. And like you said, like Arnold Palmer said, and like we say in Fanatical Prospecting, the more you do that, the luckier you're going to get. You'll be amazed at what the outcome is. Amen to that. (laughs) Jeb, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. Thank you so much for your fantastic advice. And final thoughts today for you listening out there. You've heard it from someone who runs a training company. Sales is not just some function or some kind of course. Sales is a role. And as an owner of a training business company, you've got to be in the mindset of selling. You've got to be evangelical about your products and services. And the only way to do that is to get out there, find people, talk to them about it, find out what they need and find some way to align what you can do with what they need. Jeb, thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. Jeb, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm very conscious of the fact that you have laryngitis, but you kept your word like a true professional and you showed up nonetheless and gave us a fantastic masterclass on topics like sales mindset qualification and prospecting. My sincere thanks to you out there in the audience for tuning in again this week. As I said, if this is your first time or was your first time here today, I hope you've enjoyed the show and I welcome you back next Thursday. And next Thursday, by the way, is when we have the next episode because every single Thursday we have a fresh episode out there for you on Apple, on Stitcher, on Spotify. They're the platforms where you can check out the podcast. We're also on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram where you can check us out and join the conversation. We all the time, all the time, welcome suggestions from you with regards to the kinds of topics you'd like us to address as well as the kinds of guests you'd like us to have on the show because they're the people whose training business journey can help you with yours. Until next Thursday, have a great training business week. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.